Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Chuck, I know for a lot of our listeners, when the Dallas Cowboy wins, it's a much better week. Uh, I think a lot of people were very surprised to see the outcome of Monday night, but they're happy for it. Yeah, I thought it was a great win. And I'll remind you, I did pick the Cowboys in our fence man picks on Friday. But, um, you know, uh, man, Tampa Bay, Brady, he's just done. I mean, he's just done. And uh, he, I don't know if he'll sign with the Patriots and retire with them. I've always kind of thought he would, but. To me, that game was really, uh, you know, Dallas was dominant. And I don't think that the Cowboys played like a Super Bowl team. I just think that Tampa Bay's done. Now, when you say Simon the Patriot, is this an Emmett Smith deal one-day contract? or is this That's sort of what I've always wondered would happen, yeah. Or you think he'll actually, like, play one more season with the Patriots? I don't know. I don't know if he will or not, but I've just always thought at the end of the day he'd probably sign with them and retire. I mean, I, I, you know, far fetched might not happen. I'm just kind no, of always I mean, thought it might. What you say makes sense. I just wonder if, you know, could he actually improve their quarterback situation with the way he's playing? I don't know. I mean, to me, I, you said something that that I think is so right. I just think about where his personal life is at, and he's had control over everything. And football's been the north star, but now just like. Everything in his life, personally, from the outside looking in, it's still a good deal to be Tom Brady. But you know, it's to to, to go through the divorce and everything that we publicly have seen has not been can't be easy at his age. Well, everybody wants to be a star, but uh, there's a price that comes with that, and That's Tom true. Brady can't even move without you know paparazzi and everybody else taking his picture and speculating i don't know that i've ever seen a professional athlete's love life speculated upon like tom brady's is Mm. and uh i mean he can't even move right now and i've wondered the last two years very honestly if you know football was just his sanctuary from all that that that's the reason that he wanted to continue to play and be around a team because you know he personally needed that i don't know i mean he's he's become almost an enigma and so, you know, who knows? But he's um, – look, Brady was the best there ever was, but the key word there is was. And um, I, I just um, I just don't see, see how any team can count on him to take him very far. Yeah, This is different than three or four years ago when everyone wrote him off his final game in New England. They lost to the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs. He played horrible. This is different, you guys think, because we have the same conversation. Well, there's three more years. There's three. I mean, at, at, at some point, you know, Brady's not just a mythical figure on television. I mean, he's a human being. And we saw the physical limitations this year that come with his aging. And so, yes, it's different than it was three years ago because he's different physically than he was then. Yeah. You said the other day you didn't think he'd actually ever step in the broadcast booth just because of 
a lot of the things you just mentioned, but he's he's always been a part of a team. We were talking about this yesterday. Name me the last time in his life he wasn't on a team of some sort, little league team, pop Warner team, whatever, all the way through Michigan at college and through through his pro career. You get so addicted and used to that in the routine, at least staying in in the game somehow, even as a broadcaster, there's a routine and a rhythm to it, at least during the season. And there's travel and there's there's people that depend on you to do your job, just like in football. So, I mean, while it's not the same, it's still being a part of something that's around the game. I I, I got to believe that's enticing to him just from, from those standpoints, not much less the money it, that's nearly play, player money right now. Well, maybe, but, you know, when you look at Brady, it's not like, you know, he's he's got this this larger-than-life star's existence away from football, but it's not like during the offseason we see him, you know, in football scenes. I mean, it's always a personal deal. It's always with a model. It's always with this and that. Um, um, I, I think Brady's got a multi-million-dollar life away from football, and, you know, I just think it's going to be hard for him to pull that off. It's the best deal in the world anybody can create for themselves is getting paid just to be you. I mean, all you got to do is show up and be you, maybe sign a few autographs, make it appear, and get paid big money. That's the best deal in the world. But see, Brady's got so much money right now, it's not like he needs to make anymore. Mm. It's not like he needs to go out and shill. I mean, he doesn't need to do that. Mm. So, I mean, he's he's made so much money. I, I just... If I was Tom Brady, I would uh, I'd try to get away from the world for a little while. I mean, when you can't drive to the store without photographers trailing you in a car, um, you know, it might be time to step away for a little bit. Fly to Thailand like Cliff Kingsbury? Just stay there for a little bit? I guess I so. I don't know I, where... I guess so. I think Cliff Kingsbury went to Thailand for other reasons. Yeah, <laughs> hot girlfriend. Yeah. All right, let's go back to where we started this conversation, Chuck. So the Cowboys win, and you talked about this on the latest edition of the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. Gives you a little bit of hope. They hadn't done that in 30 years. Now, 30 years ago yesterday, they beat the San Francisco 49ers in a great game in 93. You got Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, the last... NFL draft pick in this last draft at Ohio State or Iowa State versus Dak Prescott, who at times in his Cowboys career has been picked on, has been said he can't get it done. This is a really intriguing. It's not. It's not young. It's not Montana. It's not Aikman, but it's still a really intriguing matchup this weekend. Heard somebody say Brock Purdy reminded him of a young Stetson Bennett, and uh, you know he's a uh, he's a young guy. I mean he's uh, but he's just flinging it around out there. He's playing great. And- um, you know, I don't think this is necessarily about Brock Purdy versus Dak Prescott. I don't think the Niners are a better team because of Brock uh, Purdy versus Dak Prescott. I just think they've been a better team all year long. Now, you've got two really good defenses that are going to go up against one another. I mean, to me, that's the you know that's the story of the game are the defenses and which offense can break through against the other side's defense. But um, I've not thought of the Cowboys as a Super Bowl contender, and, I, and, and frankly, I still don't. But, you know, I, I've sort of felt like San Francisco was the team to beat, and they're going to play them now, and if they beat them, they got a shot. But they're going to have to play their best game, you know, in a long time to beat San Francisco. Not that this game isn't going to be highly rated this weekend, but if the Cowboys are able to survive. By the way, this is the lo- in terms of differential 
This is the the lowest on the bet Saracen half. It's four and a half. Now, the others aren't that high. I think the highest is eight and a half. But that goes to show you that the betting lines and the guys and uh, when it comes to making these think this game's going to be close. Can you imagine a Cowboys-Eagles-NFC championship next weekend and the weight ratings that would draw in from Lincoln Financial Field? Oh, you're going to have big ratings the rest of the way anyway. I mean, you're going to have huge ratings. You think about the Eagles and the Giants this week. Um, not the glamour matchup in the playoffs this week, but New York and Philadelphia are massive markets. And the NFL just pulls insane numbers when it comes to playoff time. I mean, there's there there's nothing that, you know, approaches the NFL when it comes to the numbers that they're going to pull over the next three or four weeks. So it's, um, I mean, this is... This is their time. The NFL playoffs are in the spotlight. It's what most people in America, sports-wise, are going to talk about. I think the NFL last year had the top 35 most viewed television shows yeah. on TV. Now, so that's far beyond just the playoffs. I mean, their regular season um, games are drawing more viewers than the best of anything else on TV. So that, that that's why they get nine, ten, eleven billion a year, whatever it is, in. Uh, in TV money. I mean, we just throw around the word billions like it's nothing, but that that's kind of what it's become with the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are the, uh, I mean, they're the biggest cash cow in sports. You know, again, we've discussed this. I mean, in our part of the country, college sports are king, but in most of America, it is the NFL. And, you know, they play to the, to the biggest of markets. And the numbers that they pull dwarf the numbers that college football pulls. So, you know they're the uh, they're the biggest game in town. You know, like the 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 Arkansas Kansas Liberty Bowl pulled like what two and a half between two and a half and three million viewers, which is good for for a college bowl game and in a in a in a, in a it's about half of what a big college regular season game would be, which is six or seven million. But they probably have more watching the pregame show for one of these NFL games than what you got watching a, a good college football game. Well, I remember earlier this year, I guess when Tennessee and Alabama played or, uh, earlier in the year, I, I think the numbers were about $12 million, which is off the charts yes. for a college game. And then that Sunday, the Bills played the Chiefs, and, you know, there were 25 million people that watched it. Mm-hmm. That's a regular season game. And, um, you know, again, I mean, nothing – uh, you know, nothing challenges the NFL in terms of viewers, and everybody's got their own personal taste on whether or not they like it or don't like it or prefer college football over the NFL. College football is huge, but this is a big country with lots of big cities, and, um, you know, the National Football League is king. And they're king in all of those top 25 markets. They got no two, doubt. two teams in New York, two teams in the L.A. area, you know, you know, Vegas now an emerging market. I mean, Kansas City... Green Bay, while those are traditional franchises you think of, those are at the bottom end of the scale of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're they're only there because of their history and tradition. If the NFL were to start up today, they'd never choose a place like Kansas City and certainly Green Bay, Wisconsin, because they they get those huge numbers because, well, they're the king in New York, they're the king in Chicago. I mean, everybody watches. Well, and pro sports are different than college sports in that they're not um – uh, they're not as local, so to speak. I mean, um, you know, you're not going to find an abundance, say, of uh, fans other of teams other than the Arkansas Razorbacks collegiately in our state. But yet, you know, you look at the NFL and you go to any city, 
You go to any city, and you're going to have fans of uh, opposing NFL teams. I mean, the Steelers are a national team. The Cowboys are a national team. So there, there are lots of, um, you know, there are lots of teams out there that that really, you know, they've got fans all over the country. And I don't know that it's quite that way with uh, with college sports. Hey, those of you who are perhaps thinking about selling your home this year, or perhaps thinking about buying a new home this year, let me uh, recommend Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, to you. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I partnered with them twice, to buy a home and to sell a home. And both times they answered all my questions. I'm going to be honest with you. There was most of it I didn't fully understand. And they did. They're the best trained in the business. And so they understood the market. They knew how to negotiate. And ultimately, they knew how to get it from contract to close. Because whether you're a buyer or a seller, that's where you want to ultimately get to because that's where the money changes hands. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale and Bentonville, Fort Smith. They've recently opened an office in Branson, Missouri. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town, and you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. On the latest edition of Chuck's podcast, he played this clip. And I want to play it this morning because when it comes to finishing, Arkansas hasn't done that lately. We cannot get behind by 17 like we did at Bud Walton. We need to play better basketball earlier in the game and then certainly we've got to play better basketball finishing games than we have against Alabama at home and then got to finish a lot better than we did at Vanderbilt as well. You think about this stretch of Arkansas losses that they've been on at points they've looked good in the first half second half not as much and even for 30-35 minutes against Bama I'd say they played pretty good basketball and then just kind of fell apart in that last stretch Guys, what's the key to finishing tonight? Well, you know, what I found interesting there was he said, we got to start better and we got to finish better. That's a long way of saying we got to play better. You know, period, end of story. You look at Arkansas's numbers for the bulk of the season, uh, they were much, much better in the second half than they were in the first half. Uh, Ten points, a half better uh, offensively and uh, better defensively, too. So, um, you know, they're playing better teams now. I mean, you know, First thing you've got to do is put yourself in a position to win. I mean, you can talk about what do they got to do to finish. I mean, the first thing, you know, there's a lot that's got to happen before you get there. Um, you know, they, um, uh, you know, in my mind, a lot of the things that happened Saturday, and, you know, Alabama was just better, but Vanderbilt Saturday, a lot of the things that happened during the course of the first, you know, 30, 35 minutes of the game, kept them from being in a spot where they could finish and I know they made it relatively close at the end but it never looked to me like they were going to win so you know that's the first thing you got to do you to me the most important thing in all that is you can't fall behind 25 days you got to start well mm-hmm. Kobe Brown was held in check that first game only 11 points Muss also got asked about that and he says that Kobe comes out really each and every game it's not just about improving from where they did last time guys can they stop one of the best players and one of the veteran players in the SEC two games this season. It's one thing to do it once. Can you do it twice, especially at on the road? It's tough to do. I mean, he's a really, really good player. The thing about Kobe Brown is, I mean, he's like 23, 24 years old. We don't talk about this enough. Um, I don't care how good a kid is at 18. I don't care how many stars are by his name. When he's going up against a 6'8", 240-pound guy, who's played major college basketball, maybe at two places, sometimes three for five or six years. That's a physical mismatch. I don't care how good the 18-year-old is. And uh, Kobe Brown's an older guy. He's a big guy. You know, I remember when he was, 
you know, young. I mean, it seems like forever ago, but I remember when he was a freshman, and he was not what he is now, not anything close. He, he, uh, um, he's developed as a player, but his best basketball has come after the age of 21. And I think his physical development's had a lot to do with that. Now, you know, they, they did a good job on Demoy Hodge, too, one of their really good guards. He's a transfer from Cleveland State. Florida did a good job on him over the weekend down there at Gainesville. But Hodge has been a, you know, he's, he's been a pretty good scorer for him. And, um, you know, we'll see how Arkansas does against him. thing that kind of concerns me tonight is that, you know, Vanderbilt had played two straight road games. And, you know, they were playing a home game for the first time in, you know, about 10 days, I guess, maybe 12. Students were back on campus, and they were ready for a game. And they were laying in wait. And, you know, Mizzou's played, you know, they played two road games last week, lost them both. It's going to be their first home game since the students have come back. So, uh, and they're having what's called a gold rush tonight, which is their equivalent of a whiteout. So, it's going to be a full house, going to be rowdy. And Arkansas is going to have to play a great game. And on top of everything you said, you mentioned the loss to Florida. They play Alabama on Saturday, they being Missouri. So this game feels like, I would think if I'm a Missouri fan, this feels paramount. I'm sure inside the four walls of the basketball operation, this game feels really important knowing the number one team in the conference and a top five team, top four team in the country is looming ahead Saturday. It's a great opportunity, but... What you have to avoid in this league, Chuck, is 0-2 weeks. Arkansas had one last week. Missouri, if they don't beat Arkansas, is probably facing 0-2 straight in the face this week. This makes tonight very important for the home team. Yeah, it's important for both teams. I mean, it really is. I mean, we uh, look, neither one of these teams is going to win the SEC. You know, let's, let's, let's just be honest. Neither one of these teams is going to win the SEC. But, you know, this is the type ball game that um, um, if you win it, it becomes a good win when you start seeding this thing for the NCAA tournament. So, um, yes, it's an important game. It's not must for either side because neither team's going to win the league. But it is the type game that, you know, for example, if Arkansas wins this game tonight, if they can pull it off, and it's going to be very, very hard to do. I don't want to mislead anyone. Um, if Arkansas can win this game tonight, I mean, that's a big net win. That's a game, you, you know, that's a win that when you get to selection Sunday can – coupled with another win or two can be the difference in the, you know where you are on a seating line. Sure. We, we would talk before you joined the conversation about ceilings for this team. Now, this will be the sixth conference game. you got 12 more after tonight, so I don't want to get too carried away with, with painting a full picture, but feels to me right now, the, with the way things sit, like getting that four seed and being that last team to earn a, a buy, a double buy in the in the conference tournament needs to be like the goal because, like you said, they're not going to win the conference. I don't think you can finish second in this conference. Third may be out of reach with the way Auburn's playing. To me, the ceiling feels right now with the way things stack, Chuck, being fourth in this league is still an attainable goal. It's going to be tough to do that. It's going to be tough to get into the top four because you just start looking at numbers. I mean, you may be a good team by the time the conference tournament rolls around, but, you know, the numbers just, you know, you begin to run out of games and you start looking at what's ahead and where you've got to play. I mean, you know, you still got, uh, you know, Tennessee's still out there. You still got to go to Tuscaloosa. You still got to go to Lexington. Um, there are still some places where it's going to be awful hard to come back with a W. So, 
you know, when I look at this team right now, regardless of where they finish, regardless, I don't think they'll play Wednesday at the conference tournament. I would not be surprised at all if they play Thursday. But I think right now what you've got to hope for with this team is that when you get there, regardless of where you're seated in the conference tournament, regardless of what day you play, regardless of whether you win it, um, you got to be playing the best basketball you've played so far. And, um, you know, I think that's that's what they've got to work towards. Um, I think they need to forget seeding. I think they need to forget numbers, forget all that stuff. Go out and win a ball game. I mean, uh, go out and win a ball game. Now, I do think the schedule flips a little bit. After this one, you got three straight conference home games. And, you know, that's when you can begin to maybe build some wins. But uh, it's going to be tough tonight. It is going to be tough tonight. But I just think this team's got to play and get better. And uh, because, hey, look, let's be frank. If they don't win tonight, you're one in five. Um, you know, it's going to be awful hard. It's going to be hard to get back to 500. I mean, let's be honest. It's going to be hard to get back to 500. So, um, you know, I, I just think this team's got to play and try to get better. You got a three-game sample size of what this team has been on the road so far this season, and Musk kind of alluded to it, the fact that, that I think they're the only SEC team that's four of its first six games are on the road. But I think a lot of fans are discouraged that this team hasn't shown enough that they have the f- mental fortitude to win on the road tonight. What what has given you guys confidence that they can go in into a hostile environment, a team that's expecting them, and as you said, Chuck, has played two straight road games and wants to get back home. What gives you confidence that they can actually perform and win this game tonight? What 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 are you talking about mental fortitude? They haven't shown in the in the road games that they have what's capable to win a road game in the league. Well, but I, my point is, is I don't think it has anything to do with mental fortitude. You're right. I mean, they've not been able to win road games, but I, I, I just think they've, um, you know, they're 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 down guys. I mean, I, I don't think they got out mentaled um, in in those ball games. I just think they got beat. Now, I think they're, you know, I think there's a road atmosphere to it. There's no doubt about that. I think that's been probably a slap in the face to these guys, but. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with this team mentally. He just when Musk was talking about this yesterday, he talked about he the six freshmen. He talked about guys that haven't been in these type of atmospheres before, and it takes some. There's an acclimation period, and then again, this is the fourth game tonight. Tommy, you refer to the six game sample size. I'm just wondering if they they lose again tonight, and I know Auburn's one thing, like 27 straight. Like I get that, but I just don't know if they if they lose tonight, like. What gives you confidence moving forward that this team can actually pick up wins on the road? There's no doubt I think well, they can do it in Bud Walton. I think winning on the road's hard for a lot of teams. This well, league. yeah, I, 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 I mean, don't I don't, I don't, all thing. yeah, I mean, if your barometer of how good this team is is how many road games they win, I mean, I'm not sure that's where they are right well, now. We're talking about catching up, right? You're not going to catch up if you just have home wins the rest of the way. Well, I'm not talking about catching up. I'm talking about playing your best ball at the end of the year. I I operate under no illusion that this team's going to become some road warrior team. I, I I don't see that happening. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to eSports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. 
Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. We got some good playoff games this weekend. I know for Dallas Cowboy fans, you're hoping the one in San Francisco plays out to your liking. But of all the four games this weekend, you've got the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the New York Giants, the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Arrowhead. You've got the Niners hosting the Cowboys and then the Bills and the Bengals. Guys, what's going to end up being the best playoff game of the weekend? I'd say Bills and Bengals if I was just pulling them out of a hat. I'd I'd agree with that. I hope the Cowboys can go on the road and do what not a lot of teams have done, and that's win back-to-back road games in the playoffs. So I hope that game's good because I think if the Cowboys win, it won't be anything like what we saw at Tampa where they pretty well control that game from from start to finish on the scoreboard. I don't think they can go to, to San Fran and do that. So hopefully that game's close. That means the Cowboys have a chance to win. Best game of the playoffs last year was the divisional game between the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs and went back and forth, back and forth, OT. Maybe we'll have one of those this weekend. Chuck, I asked Tommy this yesterday. If you have an AFC championship and you got a chance to see Mahomes and Allen or Mahomes and Burrow, which game would you rather watch? Oh, I'd rather, if you want to get right down to it, and I know this is going to make Chiefs fans angry, I'd, I'd rather see Allen versus Burrow, but... Uh, if you're going to put Mahomes in the in the mix, I'd say Burrow. And you said, yeah, that's kind of the same thing because you think that Burrow might be a better quarterback than Allen, but you also said that the Bills might be a better matchup just because of the kind of the injuries that Cincinnati's dealing with right now. Well, that's what I said. That's what I said. So, so I don't, uh, you know, Mahomes is exciting. Mean, any of those three guys, how do you go wrong? Yeah. I mean, you're going to sit down and you're going to be entertained. I mean, that's all I want. Get, you know, give me my nachos, get me my cold beer. I want, I want to plop down in my chair. Entertain me. That's what those three guys do. They entertain you. First time since 2009 that you haven't had Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady win a playoff game. It's been that long. You got mm. these young guys that have kind of Stat. taken over the league yeah. of sorts because those are we kind got of a new wave coming in. Elder. And it's good for the NFL. Chuck, yeah. you were talking about ratings earlier. I, I don't think, I think there's question marks sometimes when you lose. Uh, some guys like Brady lost Manning a couple years ago. You lost Breeze, but there's this new wave of quarterbacks that have fans have really not just the the fans of that said team, but other fans have really latched onto to this point. Well, there are always new waves of quarterbacks, and you know there's uh, um, there've been a lot of great ones, and they've been replaced by great ones. And you know, Brett Favre was replaced by Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I mean there's. Uh, there's generally a succession line on the good teams. They replace a great one with a great one. So um, you've, you've, you've got a new group right now, and they replaced a good group, and those guys replaced a good group before them. But you're right. I mean, these are, these are three guys right now that, at that position anyway, are at the top of the game. This just came to me while you're saying that. You know, you mentioned Favre to Rodgers. Was there a better, more seamless uh uh, transition in Montana to Young, though. Yeah, I mean that was a great transition, and um, you know you you you'd be hard pressed to find I mean, a I, better. I'm trying to think know. of one, and it, it just it, you just think anywhere in sports. And I know a pitcher in baseball is different because you got a stab, but I'm just trying to think of 
uh, you know, anywhere in, in just think football, where where you've went from one to the other. From our, from an Arkansas standpoint, it'd probably be Mallet to Wilson would be probably your smoothest transition there. But man, in, in pro sports, it's rare to see what we saw. I guess it's been thirty years now that we think about it. Uh, Montana to to Young uh, in that handoff. Well, part of that was Bill Walsh. Part yeah. of it was the uh, you know the West Coast offense back then was new and novel and. Um, you know, they, uh, they just kind of dinked and dunked their way all the way down the field and then they'd beat you with a big play. And, you know, they were, uh, they were great. Young was great. He could, he was mobile. He was more mobile than Montana. Um, you know, Young was probably a better all around quarterback than Montana. It's just that Montana in the clutch moments was, you know, as good as football's ever produced. Yeah. Good lefty. Don't don't see a lot of great lefties. He was one of them. Four and zero in Super Bowls. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. It, it doesn't doesn't hurt when you're chucking the ball to Jerry Rice either. No, either that those helps. guys. That helps. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs. They are Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by V's Barbershop with two locations in Rogers and Bentonville. Visit V's Barbershop online at vbarbershop.com or in person and see why V's is a cut above the rest. We haven't gotten an update on Kendall Bryles or anything. Guys, Is it, it's Wednesday. I think this rumor, I don't know what you come about it, what you call it at this point, Story. circulating, yeah. what, into last week? Is it good I, or I bad? I think Sunday, Saturday or Sunday was the first I started to, to see of it. Here, here's the one thing, and I don't know that he's obligated to do it, so it makes you believe there's a little more to it. Kendall Bryles hadn't come out and said anything about it, which is probably the position you know you would take if there's some genuine interest. So it makes you believe there's a little more to it than the fact that there's no refuting this at this point. Well, he didn't say anything about the Mississippi State thing until the end. and I mean, that had been going on a long time. You know, before they finally issued that statement, I mean, they're—I uh, don't know—you know—I don't know how much truth there is to this or not. Obviously, if there is some truth, they're talking money. I mean, let's just be mm-hmm. honest. And um, so, uh, we'll see how it all plays out. I don't—I don't—you don't, know—I don't know the status of that at all. So, what is it about a million and a half? I think it's one point five at, at Arkansas. What what could TCU pay for a coordinator? I, I have. N- you know, what would be their budget, guys, for a OC at TCU? Do they get to SEC level money? Well, it depends on how they balance the rest. You know, the rest of the staff. I mean, it depends on you know where you go in terms of sometimes your eighth and ninth guys. What can you get that eighth or ninth guy for? Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know what their budget is, and I have no earthly idea. And uh, you know. Two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. If you're, you know, one point something, you know, I don't know that a point, point two, or even a point three sometimes is is, you know, that's the deciding factor. But um, I wouldn't read the silence. I wouldn't read anything into that. But I, I don't, I don't know ultimately what he'll, you know, what he'll do. Any Bryles is kind of what you and say. Do you think he's obligated to come out and say something if it's just absolutely true? not. Absolutely not. No, I mean, I just, I think it's worth pointing out that he hasn't, you know. But uh, so that's what that's what leads you to believe there's actually some teeth to this that he that there. Well, I think been. when there's some finality and you're going to stay, I think at some point, I don't think you're obligated, but at some point, I think you want to come come back and you know he, he what was it run it back and a picture of him and KJ yeah. kind of ended any of the discussion last time, Chuck. Well, you know, one thing you got to think about too, and Ty, you just said it. I mean, you know, this 
I guess first really began to you know get into the conversation less than a week ago so it's not like you know this has been out there forever and guys people are recruiting right now you know it's not like Kendall Bryles is sitting around every day at his house going okay uh Jimmy have you talked to TCU today have you talked to Arkansas today it's not like he's doing that he's out working and the guys at TCU are out working too and so I'm not saying it's not a pressing issue I'm not saying that I'm just saying the idea that you know, it is the overriding issue today. I mean, these, these guys are, you know, when you're getting paid by somebody that day, that's who you work for. And I'm sure that that's what's going on on both sides right now. Yeah. Bryles told Arkansas fans that he called Coach Pittman. When this job came open, when Garrett Riley went out east to Clemson, do you think that's something he may be inquired about because of the Texas roots, or do you think this was something that Jimmy Sexton was contacted potentially about by people in TCU and Fort Worth? Well, I don't. I don't. I, I would have no way of answering that question. But um, I keep coming back to the to the thought, at least, that how much is the fact that it, the job's in Texas is that attractive to him? I, I would. I mean, home is home, and uh, while that might not be exactly home base, it's a lot closer to the home base. I I've got to believe just. In common sense, that that brings a certain level of attraction. I don't know, and I'm going to be honest enough to say that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't we know. don't know. We're just sitting here talking about things we don't know about. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, I don't know if he's going or not. I don't know if these reports are true. There's a, uh, you know, there's a clickbait sports site on every corner right now. So I suspect that you know there may be a little bit to it. I'm not suggesting that it's just a big lie. I'm not saying that, but... Um, you know, he'll decide. And he doesn't owe anybody an explanation until he decides. Just like in our business, if somebody comes courting, um, you know, and you ask the question, did Bryles inquire? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the answer to that is no. Um, you know, but when somebody comes courting you, um, you know, you don't call up everybody and go, you know, this is what's going on right now. I, I mean, when you, you know, you're in a job situation and, you know, you're thinking about what to do, what's best for your family. I mean, you know, you're not giving the media updates on how it's going. <laughs> but we, we, that's what we all think. That's what we all think should happen. I mean, what are we going to do? Have a yeah. press conference yeah. at the end of every day? Well, yeah. my wife and I talked about this around two thirty today and here's what she said. <laughs> so, here's one thing we do know guys, and that's the transfer portal closes today mm -hmm. and i think that would probably you know as far as you know i think the coaching carousel is pretty much quit spinning around the country but you know that i think is also key in in a lot of things going on is a lot of the recruiting kind of ends and then chuck it opens up again after spring football uh towards the end of the semester but i think that's the, the other big thing going on with football is uh the portal uh closes up yeah it closes up and you're gonna have the signing period coming up and and we're gonna um i don't know the word ever going to get away from you know some talk about all this movement that goes on now but i do think once we get past the uh the next signing day and people begin to turn their attention a little bit more towards spring practice because once we get past the signing period here teams are going to have a, a a pretty good idea about what they're headed into spring practice with and i know that there's going to be the dramatic movement uh, in the in the spring portal period that we've seen so far. Now, there may be some, and I may be wrong. There may be, uh, you know, it's really unpredictable. There may be a bunch of guys jump into it, but my sense is there may not be quite as much movement then. So you're right. I, I mean, we are, over the next couple of weeks, 
two to three weeks, there's going to be some sense of finality in what it's going to look like going into spring practice. I think about what I watched last night, Kansas State against Kansas. So Desi Sills has had a great game for the the Wildcats last night. They won in overtime. Bebe Iola is also on that team who played Arkansas. So his career went Stetson, Arkansas, Hofstra, K-State. Mm. Four colleges and I think five years, maybe it was four years. But, I mean, are we even going to see more? Is that going to be the norm where guys are transferring college? You get the you get the one-time transfer, then you get the grad transfer. I mean, are we going to see more three college players in football, basketball, and baseball? I think you'll see less as we go along. Um, I think part of this with, with guys like Desi particularly, um, I was watching it last night. <clears throat> we talked about how old guys are. I mean, Desi doesn't look anything like he no. did when oh. he was a freshman. He's a totally different guy. He's a grown man. Now, a lot of these guys that – and I'm not saying just about Desi. I like Desi, and, and there are other players like this too. Um, they've hit their stride at an age where they would normally already be out of college. You know, Desi, in a normal non-COVID kind of deal, he'd already be out of college. So he wouldn't be doing this now. Kobe Brown, we talked about him earlier. He's going to play for Mizzou tonight. You take COVID out of the equation, he's not playing tonight. So, you know, I think a lot of these guys, it's skewed because, as I said earlier in the program, you can be a really good 23-year-old player, and you can take an 18-year-old five-star to school seven days a week. You know, I don't care what he's going to be like when he's 23. You're 23 now. And there's a big difference in the way you approach things, the way your body is filled out, um, just simple things like brain development and hand-eye coordination. There's a lot of difference between a 23-year-old and an 18-year-old. And when I look at a guy like Desi, who I really like, um, to me that's a physical example of guys that, I mean, I don't think college basketball was intended to be this way. I don't think college football was intended to have a 25-year-old winning the national championship and us act like it's normal. Um, But that's what COVID and the portal and all this stuff has brought us. I mean, I think about this. You, you talk about a player like Kobe Brown or uh, Desi Seals in the extra COVID year. That means when they started their college career, the, the freshmen they're playing now were in seventh grade. My son's in seventh grade. I mean, he's, he's going to be 13 yeah. next week. I mean, you're, it, it's not just all the physical things you just said, Chuck, with, you know, just, just the strength and the hand-eye coordination, the mental uh, level you're at. It's also experience. How many more practices you've been through? How many more games you've been through? How many more wars you've been through on a court? So uh, there, there also is an experience factor just because you've done it longer as well. No doubt. And all those things, I think, contribute to why we are seeing some of the older players in that extra year um, you know, be a much more dominant player than they were before. I mean, you look at and I watched Desi last night, and to me, Kobe Brown's the best example of 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 a guy in our league that, you know, that's just a grown man out there. And it, um, you know, to me, when I watch those guys play, I think they've got a real advantage over an eighteen or a nineteen year old. I mean, well, here's what I also know yeah. that if you are looking for an old time barber experience. 
I want to recommend V's Barbershop. This is kind of a, you know, it's a trip back in time, if you want to use that term. They believe a haircut ought to be a ritual. Uh, you ought to have a hot lather machine. You ought to have straight-edge razor shaves. Uh, and they set a new standard, really, for barbershops while they're going back and, you know, reminding you of what it was like when you were a child. And, you know, they do serve kids, uh, from children all the way up to seniors. And it is much more than a haircut. Um Facials and massages, straight-edge razor shaves. They'll trim your, uh, trim your mustache, trim your beard, uh, shave your neck, shine your shoes. I mean, it really is a trip back in time, and, you know, there's probably a good discussion or two going on in there as well. Now, they've got two locations in northwest Arkansas. They're on 14th Street in Bentonville, just west of 71B. They're also in the Pleasant Crossing Shopping Center in Rogers. Two locations in Little Rock on Cantrell Road and Chanel Parkway. Or you can book your reservation at thebarbershop.com. Chuck's live in Columbia this morning. We were just speaking to Desi Sills, a guy that's probably a six-man-of-the-year candidate in the Big 12 and, again, had 20-plus against the Jayhawks, their rival last night. A guy not on your roster. and We've talked about guys on your roster that haven't played. There's a great uh, graphic made by Razorbackology and Hog Flashbags that kind of catalogs the difference in scoring margin, field goal, and other stuff with – Nick Smith Jr. in Brazil on the floor without him and stuff. I, I just wonder, guys, we know the offense is going to go down without those two. We know with Trevin defensively as well. But how do you make up the like upping that defense that you need to make up for the lack of offense that you're missing with those guys being out? How do you change Got to force turnovers. I mean, you know, when I look at the matchup tonight, I think that's going to be a real key. You know, Missouri leads the nation in steals right now. They're third in the nation in uh, turnover margin. And they're playing at home. And lots of times when teams, you know, if you average on the year, if you average plus seven in turnover margin, well, most of the time your average at home is going to be even better than that. So I, I, I think that's a you know, that's a real key in the ball game tonight. When Arkansas played them in Fayetteville, I mean, this is – you know, this is the recipe right here. If you're going to win on the road, if you're going to win anywhere, I guess they out rebounded Missouri forty to, pardon me, forty to twenty three. They shot sixty one percent the second half. There were seven steals apiece. So you neutralized them in one of the areas where they are best in steals, forcing turnovers. Um, you shot sixty one percent, which cures every ill you got, and then you out rebounded them forty to twenty three. You do that tonight, you win. Um, it's a lot harder to do on the road. But um, you got to avoid turnovers and points off turnovers. That's that's what Mizzou's really good at at home. Must talked about guys stepping up. And I know Jordan Walsh had it has his best stretch of games lately. Must talked about they really need him tonight. We're trying to figure out where and who we can have step in as well. So certainly Jordan's a guy that we believe in and we need him to play better basketball. Chuck, how much harder is it to getting ready to play on the road as a true freshman than, say, some of those guys we're referring to that have had five, six years in college basketball? How much quicker does it help for them that have been in the league, in different leagues? Well, I mean, logic dictates. If you've got someone that's done it five years and somebody's never done it before, I mean, one's, one's, one's going to be more experienced than the other. I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of the position that they've been in some. I think you know just when when you get down to this one tonight, I, I still keep coming back to to defense, free throws. That that's how Arkansas is going to have to win games moving forward, is by 
by limiting their opponent and by, by getting all the points they can get at the free throw line. Can't make shots. How else are you going to get points? And they're still going to determine the winner with the points. So limiting your opponent and making those free throws, I don't know if it's going to change tonight, but that, that's got to be the direction I think they got to go before this year's over to play their best basketball. Well, you got to put the, you know, you got to avoid putting the other team on the line. As we saw at home, uh, as we saw in the Vanderbilt game, teams at home, and as we've seen with our team, you know, they don't miss a lot of those free throws at home down the stretch. Um, you know, it's it's tends to be a lot tougher on the road. I, I just I just think with this team right now, and, and, you know, I hate to say it, but I think whenever they play, we're going to be talking about the very same things because I don't think there's much margin for error. I don't think the game plan is going to change. I think, Ty, when you – you know, when you ask a lot of things about stepping up and things, things like that, I, it's not that I think they're illogical questions. It's just that I, I don't, I don't, I don't see where it's going to happen. Um, there's only so many, there's only so many options there, and I, I just think with this team, it's, it's going to be a grinded out situation every time they play, whether they're playing Missouri and Columbia or whether they're playing South Carolina in Fayetteville, or wherever they play them, South Carolina, I guess, this year. Um, I I just think every time they play, it's going to be the same recipe for success. And if they fail, we're going to be talking about very similar things. I don't think there's going to be a dramatic change. Um, I just don't see how that can happen. There's there's just not the parts there to do it. Um, I think this is going to have to be a... A grind it out, win it ugly type team, particularly on the road. You look at you know, look at Mizzou's numbers right now. They've not lost this year when they've gotten over seventy. They're one and four when they have it. So, you know, you better be ready to mix it up. You better be ready to guard them. Keep the game in the sixties. Mm-hmm. No problem if it's in the fifties. Um, I, I just think that's the way they're gonna have to win games and there's not gonna be anything stylish about it. This team last year was able to do that. You think about their first two NCAA tournament wins. They're gross games. Horrible. Yeah. Couldn't hit a, couldn't hit anything. Couldn't throw it in the ocean. But they won. Hit the broad, but they won. They found ways to win doing the little things. This team hasn't done that yet in conference play. And, again, you don't have a lot well, of holdovers from last year's team. You got two. There was a coach that once said, it's better to have a raggedy ride than a, than a smooth walk than a raggedy ride. So, you mean, Nolan knew all about winning ugly sometimes. Well, you're right, and, and 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 I mean, we when we talk about winning ugly, that that's a really general term. You know, one of the things that this team does not have that last year's team had was a perimeter threat. One thing this team doesn't have that the other teams had was a perimeter threat. It's football playoff and bowl season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. With 64-inch TVs everywhere, cold beer, delicious burgers, and you-know wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch all the playoff and bowl games. So bring the gang and join us this playoff and bowl season at our Conway, Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, and Fort Smith locations. Buffalo Wild Wings, your home for the big games. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. 
Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. You guys know how we talked about at the end of the football season, how seven and six sounds so much better than six and seven. Mm-hmm. Well, how about two and three versus one and five? When you think about that, they lose tonight. They're one and five in the league. If they win, it's two and three. Two and three seems oh, right. just one a lot better, down, right? I doing that math two and on four. There. Two and four, excuse two and me. Two, two and four, four versus yeah. one and five. My bad yeah. on the math. But yeah. that just sounds to me, that sounds so much better than one and five if they are able to beat Missouri for the sixth straight time tonight. No doubt about that. I won't disagree with that at all. That sounds a whole lot better than being one and five. One and five seems insurmountable almost. Yeah, it, you know, it's uh and again, I mean you start doing the numbers. I mean you start doing the math as you move along. So, you know, yeah, two and four sounds a lot better. Which I apparently couldn't do this morning. Couldn't add two plus three. <laughs> Good grief. Well and you yeah, look at don't the, say, you, you know, look at the schedule ahead. Ole Miss and LSU at home. That Baylor game you really kind of falls at a bad time where you hope maybe to get some rhythm going. Uh, with Ole Miss and LSU, L- I don't know what's going on with LSU, Chuck. They're on the skids right now. Um, they'd lost four straight going into this week. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's going to be a roller coaster for everybody. I mean, like Missouri tonight, for example, they uh, they are two and three right now. Uh, they won their two home games, lost their three road games, yeah. and you know that's going to be the norm for a lot of the teams in this league. When you look at our conference right now, uh, Tennessee, Alabama, uh, they're going to win. You know, they're going to win wherever they play. Generally speaking, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but generally speaking, they're going to win wherever they play. You know, beyond that, um, you know, I think there are a lot of teams out there that are good teams that are going to win the vast majority of their home games. Maybe you know somebody might win all of them. Who knows? But um, you know, who can win on the roads? Difficult to do. Not many teams are able to do it. Yeah, Tommy. Oh, go ahead. Seems like there's just going to be a lot of fifty-fifty games moving forward. You know, I think lot, every game's going to be like that. You yeah. know, I'm just looking at like you know the Bet Saracen app and the Lions tonight. You know, you'd think Auburn would be favored two touchdowns in this game with LSU, but it's on the road. Auburn's favored by five. A and M favored by four at home against Florida, Arkansas, and uh, Missouri tonight. You mentioned this a two point line on this game where a uh, two or two and a half depending on where you're looking but bet saracen's got it at two and a two uh right now so let's move then that's good so you know when you look at it um you, you know a lot of these games when, when i see games that are five or less chuck that's a toss-up game to me that's exactly what i was gonna say i mean to me these are you know these are pick'em games and i realize for betters you know two two and a half matters i mean five matters uh but you know when i look at it I see a lot of teams around the league that are pretty evenly matched. I mean, you know, um, and you you mentioned Texas A&M playing at home tonight. At some point, we're going to have to start talking about them. I mean, all they do is keep winning. So, um, you know, I, I just think there are a lot of teams out there that are going to be really hard to beat at home. And um, there aren't going to be a whole lot of road wins, I don't think, outside Tennessee and Alabama. I know this guy always has a take on Arkansas basketball. Let's welcome in Sterling, who's in Center Ridge. Sterling, good morning. You guys, I think it was in the in the first hour. Y'all said we all discussing, and for the first time in my life, I think I've heard a discussion that all the parties was, was right. Um, <laughs> I wow. think Scott Todd was right. 
I was right about the, the thing. I'm sorry, excuse me about the noise. I'm trying to get to a quieter place. But, uh, he, he was right about. Sometimes I, I don't know if fortitude, know the right word, but a little immaturity, and I guess that comes with the age that Seth was talking about, uh, the youth and how young they were, and you're playing against these, I mean, legitimately grown men. And, you know, most people don't bring that up in basketball as much as they do in, in football about the difference between an 18-year-old and 23-year-old because the game is not perceived to be, of course, it's not as physical as football, but it's still a physical game. You know, one game is a physical game and one game is a collision sport. And, and that's the, the difference. And I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm with Chuck on, this team just need to get better and better, win enough games, and hopefully win enough games to, to make the tournament and then eventually play your best ball at the end like they have been the last two seasons. And, uh, and, and then, you know, your expectations got to change, you know, as the season go along. You know, we were thinking about Houston, uh, coming into the season, and now I just want to get in the tournament and maybe, maybe win a game, which is okay. You know, just as long as you don't be, don't be, uh, uh, what's the word, illusional, disillusion or whatever the, the word is, uh, have your expectations as a, at a reasonable level and adjust them as the, as the season goes. And, uh, again, y'all guys do a great job. That's why y'all make the big bucks and, uh, and uh, anytime y'all want to come in, want me to come in, you train me and let me see the behind the scenes actions of these of these living legends. You know, Ty, you moving up the ranks, Ty. You moving up. Sometimes you put words in my mouth, but you moving up anyway. Sterling, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a lot of but training, guys, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all guys, y'all do a great job, and uh, can't wait to finish to hear the rest of the show. That's and awesome. Chuck. I can't take the hogs. Don't give me don't give me the hogs tonight. <laughs> don't give them to me tonight. Sterling's thinking with his wallet tonight. Don't give me the hogs, Chuck. Don't give me the hogs. <laughs> yeah, don't give me the hogs tonight, Chuck. Y'all guys have a great day. Thanks, Sterling. <laughs> it's the best call we've had in a while. Thanks, buddy. Um I, I think we hadn't talked about this and that was kind of funny him talking about agreeing with all of us this morning. This game means a lot to Trevin Brazil. And he's not playing tonight. You know he wanted to play desperately against his old teammates tonight. Not only in this game tonight, but the game that they already won. I think his teammates know that. They knew it at that first game, the first time around. You saw some social media stuff after. I don't know. That, that's not the whole story heading in tonight, but I wouldn't be surprised if it played a role in tonight's game with them maybe getting their first wins. I'm like Sterling. I'm not betting on the Hawks. Not a chance. But I wouldn't be surprised if that played a role in tonight's game. Well, if they win, they'll probably say it did. I mean, ultimately, you've, you know, you got to go out there and play. I, I mean, I think sometimes when we talk about what might motivate them or things of that nature, we operate on the assumption that all teams are equal and that if one team would just be a little bit more motivated than the other, they'll win it. And we follow on cliches after the game, you know, well, that team wanted it more. Sometimes that team's better. Sometimes your personnel is not where it needs to be right then. And uh, I think that, you know, when when you look at this game tonight, yes, I think they want to do well for Trevin Brazil. No doubt about that. But, you know, you better be more concerned about who you're going up against than, you know, who's not playing. And I'm not minimizing what you're saying. What I'm saying is that'll only take you so far. Mm-hmm. And you should be motivated enough. I mean, you haven't won a road win yet. You're, you're on a three-game stretch where you've lost three games. 
I mean, the motivation aspect. Motivation's not an issue. Motivation's not an issue. Yeah. Just looking here uh, while you guys are talking about motivation, and I, Arkansas is still the third highest ranked team in the SEC in net rankings, clinging on to that, just a spot ahead of Auburn at 27th uh, in the net rankings. This is another quad one opportunity tonight. Missouri's 51. So this would this would be uh, the sixth quad one game. However, it comes out, it, it is a quad one game tonight. Arkansas could level their quad one record at three and three with a win tonight. I, they learned their lesson last year, non conference wise. They didn't have a good non conference schedule, and two years ago they did. Last year they thought some teams were going to be better than they were, and they didn't. They had Maui, they had Oklahoma, and some other teams this year. So that year, and the SEC is better than it was yeah. last year. In addition to that, but. To be where they are, where you've, again, have lost four conference games, three straight, and to still be as high as 27, you're still ranked, which didn't make a lick of sense to me. Some guy had to get 12 in the AP poll. Did he not he didn't, watch? He didn't watch and watch the last three games of Arkansas basketball. But that is all attributed to the SEC being where it is in basketball and the fact that you had a stiff, not the best, Bama had the best non-con, but a stiff non-conference schedule heading into conference play. Yeah, I don't know when we shake this out if, that non-conference schedule, you know, with the net on some of those other teams is going to be quite as good as we thought it was going to be. But they played in competitive games, and, um, you know, the league's good. Uh, you know, the fact that other teams in the league, the fact that the non-conference schedules for everybody uh, are better than they once were, that that helps the net. I still think it's way too early to talk about that. Um, I, I realize it's interesting to talk about, but, you know, there's a lot that's going to happen oh, yeah. and there's the there's the potential for this thing to go bad and there's the potential for this thing to get a lot better i just don't really look at the net numbers for arkansas right now or the rankings or anything the record anything and really think that it matters i think you got to get into the tournament you got to get it like sterling was saying uh you know this idea that you know you're you know, you're you're headed for destiny this year. I don't know about that. Um, you better scratch and claw, get into this tournament, find a way, try to be playing your best basketball when you get to March. What, now, do, you, what do you do with a non-refundable hotel reservation in Houston? A- asking for a friend. I, I told so. you. <laughs> you call somebody from Alabama and say you want my room? Uh, I, Tommy, I told you what my buddy did last year. Chuck, I don't know if you were on when we talked about this. He booked eight flights and eight hotels to every first-round site last year and then canceled the other seven when they found out they were going to Buffalo. Now, that is the extreme fan in, and what you're saying is just the Final Four scenario. But there are Arkansas fans that do that. Oh, I know people that do that. I know people that do that. I wish I had the, the capital to do that. But nah, I just, well, you just, just keep just, you just keep plugging, Ty, and one day you will. Yeah, I mean, Sterling's moving you up his net rankings. Clearly. That's right. One I mean, step that's at all time. you need. But, it's kind uh, of a backhanded compliment. Well, I mean, you know the key there. to all that. You just expense it. It's like the money's that's, not real. You just expense that's it. That's a good point. I'm not falling through at my old uh, my own stuff. But yeah, I, I think we're I mean we're in a situation right now where the NCAA tournament for Arkansas is definitely up in the air. It's definitely not out of the equation. It's definitely not in the equation. But you're just kind well, of sitting here. We're definitely not having that Final Four discussion that we were a month ago. That's we right. just got to be ready to grind it out, guys. I mean, I just think that's where it is. I think every game is going to be a grind. Well, it, here's the deal. And go to the last two years, and I don't. I know Devo and Kamani were on the team, but I, I would hope that either a player on the last two years or must communicate with one of them, talks to this team, and at least is encouraged them. It's like, look, we were here. They were two and four two years ago and one and three last year. 
They were not in a good situation. They had the hard practices we talked about. This is not, you mentioned the word insurmountable earlier. One in five seems like it. But the idea that this team can't respond, and I know you're waiting on Nick and some other things to go your way, but we've seen teams the last two years look against odds and say, screw it, we're going to turn this thing around. That team two years ago won like 13 straight games. Team last year won like eight and nine down the stretch. This team can do this. Well, you're, and you can't escape math. You're going to have to win like nine. You have to win nine of your next 13 conference games. You got the Baylor game in there as well to get to a one game above 500 SEC mark. I mean, that's that's just math. There's no there's no escaping that. So that's the uphill climb this team has in a one and four hole. Chuck is you got to win nine more ball games to have a 10 win record to be one game above 500 in your league record, and that's kind of part of building a tournament resume. Well, you've got to, uh, you know, and you've still got to go to Tuscaloosa, Knoxville, and Lexington. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah. and, and uh, there's, there's, there's still a gauntlet out there. When I look at the schedule, when I look at where they are right now, and I'm going to throw tonight out. I'm going to throw tonight out. I, I'm just going to say regardless of what happens tonight. I think when you look at the next eight or nine SEC games, Arkansas has got an opportunity to win a pretty good portion of those. Um there's nine SEC games I, I've done like everybody else. I've gone through the schedule. And um, I think the next nine SEC games after tonight, you're going to have an opportunity to make a move. That doesn't mean that you're going to win the league. It just means you're going to get back up to snuff, I think. Maybe get back to sniff the 500 mark. And then you're going to have that stretch toward the end where you go to Tuscaloosa and you go to Knoxville and – uh, you, after you go to Lexington, you still got to play Kentucky at home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Kentucky just went to Tennessee and won, so let's not act like that's a layup. Uh, let's not act like the crowd's going to win the game because it may not. Um, so when I look at the schedule, after tonight, you got some games you can win. You better win them because it's going to be tougher down the stretch. What you hope is that you in the next eight or nine league games after tonight – that you can develop into a pretty decent basketball team and that you've got a chance in those ball games to maybe make something happen. You're not going to win all of them. You may not win one of them. But, boy, if you could, that would be a big win. And I, I just I just think that's where they are. And that all goes back to, man, you've got to grind this thing out. Every game's going to be an adventure. So what I hear Chuck Barrett saying is if you don't beat Ole Miss and LSU at home in the two games following this – it, it it doesn't look it looks well. Kind of you're blue. right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I hear Chuck Barrett saying right now is man that Ole Miss and LSU game. Ole Miss won their first league game last night. We talked about LSU. They play uh, tonight, but they've lost four in a row. Those are games that if you don't win both of those, ooh, I mean, it, well, it, I mean, you can look at the half full, half empty thing here. I mean, yeah, if you don't win them, you're screwed, no doubt about it. But if you do win them, you got an opportunity to just keep you know, on. So. Get the numbers right. Yeah. You know, get the numbers right. Speaking of getting the numbers right, let's talk about money for just a second. I know not, uh, many of you, many of you uh, have retirement accounts, and there are some major rule changes that are taking effect this year for anybody with a retirement account. That's where the Mach 1 Market podcast comes in. They explain this. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to this yet, but uh, they really discuss a lot of interesting topics that affect your everyday life. So I'd encourage you to check out the latest episode of the Mach 1 Market Moment podcast. Local financial professionals discuss what all these changes are going to mean to you. So go to Mach1FG.com. That's M-A-C-H, the number one, F-G.com, 
And you can find out a lot more. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. For full disclosures, visit Mach1Financial.com slash disclosures. I know that Jamie and some others have texted in that their beef is the Razorback basketball stretch that we've been on. Have you guys ever used the Verbo app, like Airbnb? Yeah. It's the opposite. Have yeah. you ever had any issues on that? On the Verbo all? app? Mm-hmm. No? No. Okay. I've haven't. only used it one. In fairness, I, I booked one one place on it. We, I've used it some. I haven't had any problems. Well, you have an issue, Ty? Yeah, they charged me two fees that they didn't mention at all. That I, I got a $167 charge and $163 Hey, charge welcome to online booking, man. I, I guess. And I was just... There's always a charge in there That's why somewhere. they call it a hidden fee. Yeah, it was a hidden fee. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and it took That's why they call it fine print. It took a while to cancel the plans, and it took me 30 minutes on the customer service line to get that resolved yesterday. I was telling Chuck we booked our, our St. Louis trip next month, and I don't think I'm ever going to use Verbo again. I'm just going to use Airbnb or hotel. I thought they were one and the same. Or what, what did they – some of that merged together. I, I don't know. I get confused. I don't use it enough, but, but – uh, I'm a hotel diva. I like a hotel. Yeah, I'm with you, Chuck. My idea is camp, of camping is, is the Hilton. Because what, yeah. what did you say, Tommy? You don't like I really the like the double tree because you get the cookies there, you know. You don't like to clean up after yourself? You describe it as like, I don't want to have to worry about cleaning up as I leave. Just, well, I just leave the towel on the floor at the hotel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no worries there. Can't do that. You don't have to put everything in the washer, no. load the dishwasher and stuff like that. You don't have to do anything like no. that. We do have to do that. So one spot... In St. Louis, our, our place is right next to Ted Drew's. We're going to go there. What is one spot we need to go to? Go. What, and you're going when? Next month. Well, just go to the hill and yeah. turn in a circle and point and find your restaurant and exactly. go in. That's exactly the way to go. Got to go on the hill and have a great Italian meal. Uh, Char- uh, what is it? Guido's? Uh, Charlie Guido's. Charlie Guido's. Yeah. Go there. Charlie Guido's. Okay. You're going to swear when you walk in a place like that, the mob sitting in the next booth over. I mean, it has that kind of feel. That's, it's awesome. That kind of situation. Is that, yeah. I know Hot Springs was where a lot of Capone and Bugsy. Mm-hmm. What's the Bugsy? Gangster Museum, yeah. man. That's must. That's a must visit on the, uh, you know, Ty, when you go to St. Louis in the, uh, in the Hill area, there's one block where uh, you can uh, see the homes where Joe Gargiola and Yogi Berra lived right by one another. There's some That's stuff awesome. on the street that commemorates that. And down the street, uh, about a block, Jack Buck rented a house and lived there for a number of years during the early part of his career with the Cardinals. So uh, you've got a pretty historic area there in St. Louis. You ought to go check that out. Yeah. Sold. Lockheed's Landing. I hadn't been there in a while, but it used to be a good yeah. place for – if I was going on a guy's trip with a group your age – Lockheed's Landing used to have a, a lot of nice spots you would probably want to frequent late at night. Lockheed. You mean like the casino? You mean like the casino? Well, that might be that one. There were some, some drinking establishments. <laughs> There's the old brick streets. I mean, it's the old, old, old downtown. I mean, from, I'm talking a century ago. They have the Budweiser. Now, what are you going up there for, Ty? What are you going up there for? Mardi Gras and Solard, Chuck. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I think Mardi Gras, right. I think St. Louis. That's Yeah. That's yeah. It, man. It's going to be nice and warm up there then in about yeah. a month. Yeah, yeah exactly. Good. Take a parka with you. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get 
get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Better find out of our buddy Kevin Hickey and Brad Hull. If they're licensed in Missouri, you may need an attorney on a guy's trip headed to uh, St. Louis for Mardi Gras. They they practice every kind of law, but their specialty is family law. So if you're looking for an attorney who also understands that client communication is important because nothing's worse than when you're paying someone a lot of money to take care of things and they won't return your calls and your emails or even a text that is frustrating. And they understand the value of communication, responding to emails, returning calls, and communicating with you with Hickey and Hull. There are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case or even criminal charges, even civil lawsuits. And they've got over seven decades of combined experience on their staff. So they're ready to put that experience to work for you, their, their personal touch to work for you, their communication skills to work for you as well. Visit them at kevinhickeylaw.com or give them a call at any of their locations today to schedule your consultation. Find numbers and locations online at kevinhickeylaw.com. Right. Go ahead, Chuck. I got to ask a question, though. I mean, what are you going to St. Louis for Mardi Gras for? I mean, why are you going there in February when it's cold? Why aren't you going to New Orleans? I got no desire to... Do New Orleans thing. I've been twice. I think it's the most overrated city in the United States. Oh, that's, well, that's crazy. Be that as it may, why'd you pick St. Louis? Because they have the second or third most popular Mardi Gras parade in the United States that not a lot of people outside that city and who have been there know about. It's a lot of fun. Okay. It's, I'm right. sure it's fun. I mean, you know, guys' trips are fun. Bundle up. Bundle up. Why do you think New Orleans is overrated? That, that's some of the that's one maybe one of the best food cities and the best culture cities, music cities. It's dirty. Well, so it's is disgusting. New York. So is St. Louis. Sin City. So. I Baton Rouge is better. I've had way more fun in Baton Rouge uh, than, than uh, New Orleans. Not even. It's I not even know. close. I, I, I mean, I really? know. I know I'm in the minority on that party, but I am very honest and open about that. I think you New had a bad experience in New Orleans, didn't you? I I've I had two decent experiences. We went post grad like a month after we graduated, and then I went for a bachelor trip, and there was just didn't do it for you, huh? You, you didn't got no that sugar bowl yet, have you? I mean, the Sugar Bowl was traumatizing <laughs> for a lot of Arkansas fans. I mean, you should have won that game. I've been there. So, do you think about that game whenever someone mentions New Orleans? I watch those highlights at least once a month yes so you need to go to new orleans if you go to new orleans and have a blowout weekend ty you'll forget about that game and every time you think of new orleans you'll think about your blowout weekend yeah past that game it's it's been over 10 years you know what you're you're probably right you you send me funds and i'll i'll have a blowout weekend so i don't think badly of new orleans anymore that's i need to pay for your trip yeah that sounds equitable to me (laughs) 
I think that's fair. <laughs> I don't want you to go that bad, but I don't understand why you're going to St. Louis. Yeah, I don't either. It's uh, you're gonna go to Mardi Gras. You go where there's actually the Mardi Gras. You there, know? Trust me, there'll be there'll, there's plenty of Mardi Gras in St. Louis. I promise. It's for like those, knockoff Mardi Gras. Would, yeah, exactly. That's it's, fine. It's, I wear <laughs> members mark Mardi Gras. Is what it is. I wear I wear knockoff clothes anyway, so I'll fit right in. All right, Chuck. You mentioned the, the, this game this weekend between the boys and the Niners. So the pass rush. You got Bose on one side, Parsons on the other. Two of the best. In league what about this coaching matchup people love to rip and rag on mccarthy and they just whipped tampa bay at home and i'll be at tampa bay team is probably the worst team in the playoffs but shanahan is regarded and lauded as one of the best offensive minds and one of the best coaches in the national football league how do you think that that plays into this game this weekend I think coaching matchups in the NFL are um, head coaching matchups are secondary. It's a player's league. I think coordinator matchups uh, are probably, you know, um, I think sometimes that's where the game's really decided. Um, You know, college sports is much more head coach dominated than pro sports. So I I don't, I, I would, I would say it's a push, you know, if you want to match, you know, if you want to talk about a matchup between the head coaches. You know, people get so wrapped up in quarterback matchups and battles when, when they're never on the field at the same time. And I understand the one that plays better probably is going to lead his team to a, to a win. But you, you think about Purdy versus Micah Parsons in this game and which player can be neutralized while they're both on the field. Those are the things that really, you know, make the difference in winning and losing. Well, I don't know who that left tackle is for the 49ers, but... Uh... You know, you talk about Micah Parsons versus Brock Purdy. It's Micah mm. Parsons versus that left tackle. Yeah, that's true. And uh, um, you know, and, and this and it's going to be the same way when you know Bosa's on the other side. I I just think pro sports is is much more about the players than the head coaches. And in college, it's 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 vice versa. So, do you put yourself as a Cowboys fans believing, regardless of the opponents, the Giants or the Eagles, if you somehow, some way win this game? And I'll remind everyone, it's the lowest spread of any game this weekend. Typically, line be- line makers know what they're talking about. Could be the best game. I think there's the, a lot of Cowboy fans that are suckers out there. Is what they think. Could be. Yeah. Uh, do you? You talked about hope on the podcast, Chuck. When does hope become an actual reality that this team could win a Super Bowl if they win on Sun or yeah Sunday? I don't know when. I mean, you're asking me when. I I have no idea. It's been a long time. Oh, I, I mean, think... I I'm I'm not going to predict when the Cowboys are going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I think I have no earthly idea. To have hope of winning the Super Bowl, you better you better win the NFC Championship game. Until then, now, I, I think what. Well, I think what happened against Tampa Bay, what I was talking about, was it gives you some hope against San Francisco. Um, I still have a hard time believing this thing, you know, ends in a Super Bowl for them. So. Could be. We'll see what happens. Again, a lot of good games this weekend. You got Allen, Burrow. You got the Cowboys, Niners like back in the day. Giants, Eagles, an NFC East matchup. And then Mahomes finally getting to play in the playoffs after a first round bye. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.